This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back to Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. I'm Alex Smythe. Environmental issues are simmering in the province of Saskatchewan. The province has stopped charging carbon tax on heating bills. This move is the latest in an ongoing saga around carbon tax rebates across the country. John Lucky is here with more, and John is a freelance journalist based in Saskatchewan. Hi, John. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Alex? I'm not too bad. So, John, can you give us some background on the situation within the province when it comes to the carbon tax? Absolutely. So with Saskatchewan being one of those uh, provinces that focuses on fossil fuel um, production and refining as part of its uh, its work as a province, um, there's been a lot of conversation, as you mentioned, across the country, but particularly in the province about the carbon tax. Last year, the province announced that they were going to um, make it so that Sask Energy, which is our provincial crown corporation that, that handles natural gas, would not be charging um, uh, uh, the carbon tax in response to what we've seen in Atlantic Canada with the federal government providing um, uh, rebates on home heating oil. Now, how they've set this up, and this comes into effect this month, is that you see the charge, you're going to see the charge on your bill, and then there's going to be a rebate number underneath it. Um, and there's a number of avenues, which I'm sure we'll get into, around why this is a challenge. Obviously, there are the constitutional arguments, uh, uh, most of which say that the, um, as one professor put it, from, from Calgary to the CBC, that the government has no leg to stand on. Um, also, the federal laws show that if a um, an entity like Sask Energy were to not remit that tax, then um, not only would the entity be in trouble, but also the executives of that entity. So there's movement from the government, the Saskatchewan government, to try to protect those employees. And we'll, we'll see where that goes. And so why was this move taken? You know, you as uh, we both mentioned, it was in response to uh, kind of a, a federal uh, kind of move to support the transition for Atlanta Canada. But why did Saskatchewan respond and, and want to make a similar rebate available? Yeah, a, a lot of the narratives are around, they're always around affordability, but really the argument from the provincial government is that this is a fairness issue, that why, and we often see this in, in many aspects of um, federal policy it affects this province, is Saskatchewan's government uh, deciding to put out the narrative that, you know, why, why do folks in eastern Canada get this? This is favoritism from our from our government that is that is seated in the eastern half of the province and, and why should why should saskatchewan uh bear the brunt mm. and so what has the reaction been from this move uh exasperated size from a certain portion <laughs> of the province um and and some people i would argue that a lot of people do uh, see credence in this narrative, rightly or wrongly, that why does Atlanta Canada get this rebate when we don't, and it's a huge part of our economy, and, and really, if we look at the root of it, this is about protecting 
the economic interests of fossil fuels, which are in a, shall we say, contentious position in our current uh, scenario where climate change is um, galloping forward ever faster. Yeah, and you did touch on the fact that there, there may be some legal challenges, some ramifications from this move. So can you talk a bit about how this issue is going to play out on the political side of things, on the legal side of things? Like, where do things go from here? Absolutely. So Saskatchewan has petitioned, um, I'm using that term sort of liberally it's it's not a, a you know they haven't formally sent you know a commons petition or something but um to make it so that legally sask energy is the provider of natural gas uh, or the provincial government is the provider of of natural gas to the province to protect those sask energy um employees from what federal law may uh may impact them we don't quite know yet what the federal response will be. Um, the federal response thus far has been, you can't do this. Um, but this is a real testing. Uh, and, and it's also very much um, Saskatchewan's really building off of the anti-Ottawa sentiment that we've seen in, in Alberta. Um, Alberta ran and is continuing to run, I believe, is sort of what I would call anti-Ottawa ads around some of this energy um, uh, energy fear stoking, I guess you could call it. And anytime that I'm not logged into my YouTube premium subscription so that I don't have to see ads, I am treated to Scott Moe telling me how unfair Ottawa is. Um, so really, it's 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 currently really in that court of public opinion. But you can see the Saskatchewan government spinning up and understanding what those federal ramifications could be. And like I said, trying to protect their employees thus far. Oh, yeah, and John, I know you're going to stay with this story and you're going to bring us more updates as they become available because uh, you're always very good at just keeping your ear to the ground and, and making sure that uh, Saskatchewan is well um, well covered and well reported on. But staying within the province and going from carbon taxes to the impact of carbon in the atmosphere, you wanted to highlight <laughs> a very st uh, unusual start to the winter taking place in the province. There may be snow on the ground uh, now or, or coming soon, but there was a lot of warm weather in the kind of the month of December. So how rare yeah. was a snowless end to the year for you and your area? Very rare that we have a, a very little, we had a light dusting on Christmas, which was nice mm -hmm. uh, amongst the holiday season. But yeah, Saskatchewan sort of prides itself in a lot of ways in being very cold and very snowy uh, this time of year. We have a snowfall warning. So, you know, uh, not to go too in the weeds for listeners and viewers, but of course, Mother Nature had to change, uh, you know, the narrative that, that was true on last Thursday when we first discussed this to come to air with it. Um, but, you know, Thursday last week, we were looking at about a high of minus six. And now, as I let my dogs out this morning, it's minus 27 with wind chill. At one point, we thought we were going to get lower than minus 50, in the minus 40s with wind chill uh, later this week. Um, so, yeah, it's done the very quick about turnaround. I was looking at Environment Canada's uh, discussions of this over the last uh, few days, and it's thought that the cold air being parked over Siberia for a long time uh, affected this, and that's why we're getting this real this real influx of cold air and snow, and, and a large part of my province this morning is under a uh, a snowfall warning. 
I, I'm curious because uh, we had all this this data, and even earlier in the show, you know, uh, we've been talking about how 2023 was the warmest year on record for Canada. And as a result, we, we see some of these impacts from December pretty much across the, the country, much warmer than, than normal conditions. A lot of areas went snowless for the month of December or maybe got, as you mentioned, that light dusting just on Christmas Eve, which is highly unusual. What are some of the potential longer term impacts for Saskatchewan in the area when you have the environment uh, kind of warming it like this now or, or keeping kind of the cold weather away longer into January where it used to be November, early December, you would get it? Yeah, I think for the vast majority of Saskatchewanians, I think the way that you first notice it, and and because this is you know the the last time in in my memory, and I've lived here since two thousand and four, that we had something like this was around two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So it's been a while since we faced this. But as you mentioned, the trends are going one way versus the other. Um, I think the first way that most Saskatchewanians see it is in infrastructure. So if you see things like the snow clearing budget, if it were if we were to have multiple years like this in a row, you might see the snow clearing budget shift. You might see um, infrastructure challenges in that sort of way. And that's often really challenging because um, obviously the Department of Highways provincially deals with that. But when you get into municipal budgets, um, in particularly Saskatoon and Regina, those shifts have a deep impact. I mean, one of the largest talked about things during winter is, hey, uh, and I'm sure it's the same where you are, why is my street not cleared? I want my street cleared. Why was my buddy's street cleared? Um, and if we see those weather shifts really start to affect the landscape, that's that is where it's going to hit first. Interesting. And and before I let you go, I'm I'm curious because obviously now you know with when you're having the uh, the snowfall there, the the conversations tend to kind of change. Okay, well, now winter is here. And, you know, the fact that we, we've we had the warmest year on record, the fact that we didn't have snow up until Christmas Day, you know, oh, that doesn't matter anymore because snow is finally here. But have conversations, have the the viewpoints uh, from the province changed at all when it comes to things like environmental policies? I know we're talking about, you know, the, the carbon tax pricing, which is, again, an environmental policy, but has there been any change or, or kind of, uh, um, I guess, a bit more of an understanding of what these environmental policies, the impact may be, if you start to see more signs of things like climate change, of, of warming of the atmosphere and uh, changing weather patterns? Yeah, I, I think in certain sectors, that is true. I, I certainly think that our conception of who works in the fossil fuel industry particularly is very singularly, particularly in this part of the world, really focused on sort of the, the oil rig worker, for example, mm -hmm. when really there's a whole system of logistics around there. Certainly um, engineering professors at the university level are, are, are thinking about this often in terms of concepts like land back and indigenous land rights. That's always a conversation in this part of the world. Um, I will say, I think one of the conversations that shifted, I've noticed a, a sort of a, a shift in how, when I'm talking to disabled folks in this province, we're having these conversations that are like, particularly as wheelchair users, like it's nice to be get around to get around without snow on the ground <laughs> and mm -hmm. for this to be easier and for paratransit not to have any, many, as many breakdowns, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm starting to see a shift in conversation where 
in previous years when we had these warmer periods, perhaps, um, in times gone by, it would be, oh, it held off, you know, a couple weeks. Yeah. That was a nice to have a couple weeks. But it's a real conversation shifter when it's like, we should have had this snow in November. Um, this, you know, I like being able to get around, but also that that climate change piece is really coming further to the forefront. To say, actually, and for myself personally, sh should I feel comfortable with how happy I am that I can move around uh, easier when when it actually links to something fairly dire? <laughs> um, I think that's where the shift goes. I, I'm not quite sure that because of the way that our province runs currently politically, that that has made its way necessarily to um, to policies perhaps outside of things like indigenous lands rights. Um, but those claims processes take take so long that I'm, I'm not quite sure we've seen that impact yet, but uh, that may be question, a question, that part of the question may be for uh, a, a scholar rather than rather than me. <laughs> Fair enough, John. Well, thank you so much for bringing these stories forward. Have yourself a wonderful day. Thanks for having me. That was John Lepke, a freelance journalist based in Saskatchewan. Coming up after the break, one more time, debuts on AMI-TV tonight, and I'll share my exclusive interview with the show's creator, DJ Demers, and that is going to be coming up. You're watching now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.